Hey guys, so I am back. Guess what? I'm actually going to talk about the anxiety part two. Oh, we're gonna actually gonna complete it today because you know I just I've, I've gotten into a mood where I feel like I just want to keep on talking and talking and talking. Um, especially on this podcast, like I'm telling you, I have just been feeling so loved this past week and the past few weeks. Really this past week, I should actually say, where sometimes it'll feel like you are just talking to the wall or in my case, your computer, and you just don't know if anyone besides your mom is actually listening to your podcast, but then you get text from friends across the world and Instagram buddies that you've never even met and friends across the country and telling their friends to listen to it and they're... I j I'm telling you, I just feel the love and I really appreciate all of you that take the time to listen, that hang, okay, for the entire podcast that, you know, the people that send me the text like, oh, well, today I'm listening to all of your episodes, like, oh, God bless you. I love you all so much, so much, so much, so much. And, um, but today I thought before I just continue, cause I just, I've just gotten to a mood where I just want to keep on talking and talking and talking and just record stuff and talking. Um, and I do have certain things pre-recorded now. Well, what, what <laughs> recorded? What's the difference between pre-recorded and recorded? I don't know. Recorded, um, with friends. I really enjoy doing the friend podcasts episodes and I have more in store so be on the look and just wait for it just wait for it just wait for it okay okay um but today i thought before i continue with wallet at let me actually finish the anxiety episode part i don't know if it's going to be the end but i know that i said and i i'm gonna try to stick to my word that there is going to be a part two now this is all based out of this scripture that I read and I saw and I told myself that is going to be part two. Part two is going to be based off of this. Open your Bible. Okay, today we are reading in Luke chapter 21, verse 34 through 36. Um, let me find a better version. I don't know. What, what type of versions do you guys like to read? Okay, I'll actually do NIV version. I don't always like to read it, but it's not always bad. Okay, verse 34. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. Be careful, it says, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, which is going around drinking and, you know, just <laughs> having wild parties and stuff, bro. Drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Verse 35. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. These two verse shiver me timbers. I don't know what that means, but today we're going to recreate that. That, that set a shiver down my spine. Where, and this is like, do you know who said this, right? Do you know who said this? This is, I mean, the book of Luke is based off of what, um, is it Jesus? 
Yeah, it's based off of what Jesus was teaching at the temple. And this is what Jesus gave to the people. Be careful. This is going to happen. This is going to come on all of you. It's it, it's going to come on. Well, it's going to come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be on the watch and be careful and pray that you would be able to escape that. All of that that is about to happen. That you may be able to stand before the son of man. The very first thought that came into my head when I read the scripture just shows me that it affirms what I was saying in episode one. The first part where I said that anxiety is a trap. Anxiety is an attack. Believers, sisters, brothers, do not accept anxiety like it is just some, you know, it's just what happens. You know, we all got to go through it. It's normal. It's, It's not right. The thing that Jesus warned us to be careful about, we should not be letting it into our lives. Like it's just, oh, it's just a case of Mondays. You know, you just go through this. Anxiety isn't a feeling like happy, sad, mad, and all that stuff. It's not like that. It's a trap. That's what the Bible says that it is. Better yet, that's what Jesus says that it is. I really want, you know, people to get in their head and get in their minds and get in their spirits that that that's just not normal. Just because you see it happening for almost it seems, seems like everybody else, do not grow comfortable in that. It's do not take solace in the fact. Don't take okay, for your problems, don't take solace in it because a lot of other people have it too. If three alcoholics are together and they are just comforted that somebody else is struggling with it too, it doesn't make the fact that they're an alcoholic okay. And it should not ever make anyone feel that, oh, that's just a normal part of life, when it's really not. Because I'm here to tell you, as much as you think everybody is living with anxiety, there are more people that are just not. There are people that have been free from that wicked, wicked trap that binds, I mean, binds your whole life up. There is freedom. There really is freedom for you. But the very first thing you have to like get in order your attitude wise and 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 kind of just settle and the way that you see it is, oh, this is a problem. And don't just stay at this is a problem. Progress. Let's critically think this through. This is a problem. I don't like the way it makes me feel. When I get under this rut, when I'm dealing with these attacks, I can't do the basic things that I want to do. I can't even have a regular day. So much so that this is now what life is like. This is now what my mind is like. My body reacts to this thing. And it's, and it's all from the head. It's all from up here. And I just feel myself losing control. I feel myself losing this battle nearly every day. This is what I want you to take solace in. I want you to take solace in the fact that the Bible has given you a roadmap and a ladder of salvation. We know Jesus is a savior, but I really want you to understand and really think about the scope of what he's actually saved you from. He saved you from death, hell, and the grave. We know that. We know, you know, he came from heaven. We know that song. But he, he also came to save you from your reprobate mind, from your mind that's just not pure, your mind that is just drive, that torments you, those, those tormenting spirits, that tormenting stuff, whatever it is. He came to redeem and save you from all of that. 
you have a savior. Even in the midst of all your anxiety, and I won't even say your, because we, we covered that in the first episode, in the first part, all of, in the mix of all of that anxiety, you have a savior. Never forget this. You should take solace in the fact that Jesus opened up his mouth and took the time to give you a roadmap, give you a ladder, give you a helping hand, give you a saving word that you can cling onto when it tells you renew your mind with the word of God daily. Renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. You know, don't fear. The first verses that we talked about in part one, don't fear. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You know, he leads you. You just have to follow. That's so, that's so good. Like he, he gives you the way you just have to go through it without even a thought. You, you, you're given peace that passes all understanding. And you know, with anxiety, it understanding is like, you don't have that anymore. It's just kaput. You know, you're just freaking out about everything. Your mind is going haywire where you can have a peace that you can cling on to that surpasses all of that. I remember, and this is like kind of along the lines of what I'm going to get at eventually, but it's not exactly the same thing. I remember when my family and I, we were in prayer, like family prayer, and I just, you know, it was my turn to lead the prayer night. And I just felt, and just from my spirit, and it, and it helps that I just came back from a uh, church meeting where I mean, there's two prophets just going loose, a couple. They were a husband and wife, just going loose in the Holy Ghost, just giving words and prophesying. Um, this is, it was Joel Stockstill and Amy Stockstill. But anyways, um, I just, in my spirit, I just felt like a problem and a concern and a worry that the Holy Spirit was revealing to me that my parents were having. And the problem was death. The problem was life. And I'm telling you, it's like I've been feeling this for a while, but it's like the Holy Spirit wanted to bring it up that night. And I looked at my parents already knowing in my spirit. And this is, you know, this is how the Holy Spirit is. He gives you words of knowledge. He gives you insight and he leads you to give. He gives you he really does fill your mouth with words, just like just like the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts is awesome. He, he fills your mouth with words for you to say. And those words, they will pierce through the flesh and right into the spirit. I mean, they will pull something out in people. And it's, it's, it just makes you feel like you're on highlight, like spotlight, I should say. And I remember telling my parents, I feel like you guys have a fear of death and, and wondering if you're going to live long enough, wondering if, 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 you know, if you're going to be able to see, like, you, you feel like death is looming. And, you know, with my parents, with them, they, my father lost two people back to back in his life in one year. And the same thing happened with my mother. I think a year before that happened for my dad. My mom lost her sister, then her mom. And my dad lost his sister and his mom. Oh my goodness. And it was like, you couldn't even have time to grieve the first one. And especially when your mom is the second one to go, that's like the love of your life, especially for like a boy, you know? And, you know, from personally, my father grew up in a very loving home very loving and he I'm telling you that he loves his mom that was very hard that was to be honest it was like the first time I heard my father cry it was just so heartbreaking so and that, so that's the background of that 
And the Holy Spirit revealed to me like that, that, that was a fear of theirs. You know, wondering if they're even going to live long enough personally. If this is all that life has to offer, if they're just going to work and just end up dying, if wondering if, okay, will I live? Will my children be able to be fine if I go? And what, what's going to, I felt like I felt it in the spirit that that was something that was looming over them. That constant state of, am I going to be like, I hope I can see this. I hope I live. I hope I, this, you know, this happened to my kids. I don't want my kids to go through that and this and all that type of stuff. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit brought up Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He brought up a scripture to me and it made me emotional. It's making me emotional even now where, you know, I know my parents, they're African. And, you know, if you're African, you, you always get that thing where it's like, yeah, I, I obeyed my parents. You know, I, I cleaned the house at the age of two, the entire house. And I walked 3000 miles to school in, in nothing but leather shorts and, and, you know, whatever. You know, but I, you know, especially with the culture that we have, it's very respectful and you are raised to respect your kids and respect your parents, excuse me, and honor them. And I'm, this is why I'm glad because there is a scripture verse that every kid knows that grew up in the church, that grew up in the Sunday school. They don't do Sunday school anymore. They don't, they don't really do it the way they used to. I should really say not, not a lot of churches, but. As a child born in that type of, you know, church atmosphere, you, you, this is the verse you hear, honor your father and mother and God will give you long life. He will give you and he'll bless you with long life. Let me actually pull up the verse so I can just really encapsulate this better. Give me a second. I said, give me a second, would you? This is, this is the, this is the most important verse. I love this verse. Exodus 20. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Hallelujah. Or in King James, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I know. Let me tell you, when I, when I saw, when I, the Holy Spirit brought that verse in my spirit, oh, I just took so, I put like, everything on that verse like I found refuge I need you to understand I found refuge in that verse and and, and that 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 spirit of you know death and of fear and you know looming and that worry it, it started to get on me because I was like oh my gosh I hope my parents live long enough to you know but that verse has been such a saving people say saving grace I don't even know what that means but saving element for me and the Bible really does function like that, where you'll have a verse, you'll have a problem, but you see the verse in the Bible that is a solution that'll ease all your worries. Brother, sister, in you know the faith, cling to that scripture. Cling to that verse. And I, I told that verse to my parents. I was like, but you don't have to worry because let me tell you why. The Bible says, Exodus 20, verse 12, honor thy father and thy mother and you'll live a long life. You will live a long life. That's you. God has blessed you uh, to my parents with long life because of your obedience as a child. And he provided a promise that can give you the peace and the resolution that you need to know. Your days will be long upon the land. You will be in the land of the living. 
and you will see and you will live long. You will have a great life, a plentiful life. You don't have to worry about this. Why? Because you know and you have it in you. You have that solid foundation that you are clinging on to where it's like, I know that my days will be long because the Bible says this and that is me. And I trust in the word and I will put all my hope and my trust in this word. Let me tell you, God's word is important. The Bible says that he puts his word above his name. If God had the audacity to open his mouth, knowing how major his word is, had the audacity to open his mouth and give you a promise, you better cling on to it because that's a word of life. That's a word that will never come void. It will never return void. The word of God is true. The word of God is comforting. And if God had the, if God chose to open his mouth and give you a word like that, you better rejoice and get confident and take solace and just sigh a sigh of relief because you know that your troubles are gone. You know that your worries don't even have to be there. They're dead. They're deceased because God released a word and that word that speaks that word. That word that speaks and remains and will never return void will work in your favor and in your life. And I'm telling you, there are there are verses and words for people that are dealing with anxiety that speak to that very situation where God tells you that you don't have to live a life like this. Don't be in fear. I'm with you. I got you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. You just you just, you know, that song fall back into the loving arms of a beautiful father. You just fall into his arms and rest in his promises, knowing that God will take care of you, that God can handle it. You're not the only one working anything in your life. Are you kidding me? The Bible says that God works ep he, everything. He works everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You're not the only one thinking about your life. You're not the only one thinking about your kids. You're not the only one thinking about your future. There are so many verses where God just gives out just comforting words. Don't even worry if the beginning is small because the latter end shall be great. And God loves to see the small things grow. Don't worry about that stuff. He's got you. He's got it. Don't worry about the, the, what's going to happen in the next five minutes. Let the next five minutes worry about itself because you're not even in the next five minutes. You're living in the present and God is in your present. So focus on him and lean into him. Don't lean into your worries. Lean into him. God's got you. I'm telling you, get in your word and find, search, search out the matters of this word that speaks to your problem of fear, that speaks to that, excuse me, that problem of fear, that problem of anxiety, that attack of that, and start speaking it over yourself. I don't have to have anxiety. There's, there's no atmosphere where anxiety seems fit because I'm not alone and God's got me and God is working things together for my good and because I love him and I obey him. And, 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 you know, God, God told me not even to worry about tomorrow. God, God will provide it. And, and I, there's so many statues. There's a, this is the reason why God set up his word for moments like this, where you don't, when you feel, when the feelings become overwhelming and they start taking a toll on you. What can you do? You open the word of God and I dare you to find something that's going to speak to your situation. Now you take solace in that. That's what it's for. There's a solution. That's why personally I hate it to my core when people say when you become a Christian doesn't mean your life is going to get better. I don't know. That's not completely true because there's people in the world dying, living and dying with their problems that I've seen people get breakthrough from. 
There's people in the world that that are that are having to, you know, go through cycles of kids that are dying and addicted to this. And they see divorce and death and, and addiction and this in every single generation. And they can't catch a break. But then there's believers that witness the hand of God saving them, delivering them from things that are just it seems like there is no way out. That, that seems a lot better. I don't know why people think, oh, because you become a Christian, things don't get easier. Close your mouth and stop saying that. And that's a nice way for me to say that's nice for me to say that. Really, I want to get mean. Shut your mouth. Start speaking. Things do get better. I get to have miracles. I get to have breakthrough. I get to have favor. I get to have joy. I get to have peace. Do you know how many people want peace? Are you kidding me? There's a lot of people with all the money in the world and they don't even have peace. And that's the thing that just rocks their world. But you get to have peace. You get to have joy. You get to have you, God prospers you blessing and, you know, steward your money. Well, that's all I got to say about that right now. That's another episode. You get to have all of these things. I, uh, I don't know about you, but that seems like a major upgrade and a major like, I don't know, improvement from exactly where you were. Do you remember? Where you were before the Lord came in and saved you. You're not functioning like that. Is that worse or something? I don't know. I hear a lot of people say that. And it's like, what? Okay, so why are we here? Because I don't know about you, but I stumbled across a verse in Ecclesiastes that says something about this. Let me look it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So many verses for every single situation. Ecclesiastes 5.20. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. That's one verse. It's not even the verse I was looking for. It's not even close to the verse I was looking for. The verse I'm looking for is this. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, chasing after the wind. Now you, you, you buck your chest and tell me, well, God didn't promise to make you happy. I don't know. I think, I, I know you're wrong. You are wrong. The life of a believer, there is happiness and joy. You get favor. I already broke it down. You break down your own life and see how God has provided for you. God providing for you is not just, a, it's not a miraculous thing. I want you guys to get that through. God providing for you and, and coming through and making a way where there is no, that's not a, well, making a way where there's no way it can be miraculous. Let's omit that one. But everything else before that, that's not a miraculous thing. That's who he is. That's just a promise. You can expect these things. You can expect miracles too. I don't, that feels pretty good. If I got miracles and healing all the time and all this stuff, I'd be pretty happy, wouldn't you? What's wrong with you guys? God didn't come to make you happy. God didn't come. God never said that you, you, you didn't have to go through all of this. Jesus warned us to pray that we would not fall into this world of, of the drunkenness and, and uh, what, what else did he say? You know, the other thing. <laughs> drunkenness carousing anxieties of life pray that you'll be able to escape 
But here's the second part I want to cover. Okay, the first part, to sum up the first part, find solace in the Word of God. Don't find solace in your friends that are anxiety-ridden just because they're just like you. You don't want to be like them, and they don't want to be like them. You don't even like being here. So stop being comfortable being here. Get some solace in the Word of God because they are scriptures that will get you out of your situation. And you better cling onto them because it is... Like they will save you and they will because the person who released those words is a savior and a deliverer. It's not a surprise that his words would have the same quality of who he is. Take advantage of the word of God is not just to read and hear. It is to produce something. It is to activate. It is something that has to be activated in your life. That's what it's here for as well. The word of God is life. Hebrews 4.12, it's quick and powerful. Or other translations said the word of God is alive and powerful. And it is. It lives and it speaks to your situation. But the second part I want you guys to, to focus on, what Jesus says in verse 36 of Luke, of Luke 21, is he says, be always on the watch and pray. I guess that's the third. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Be on the lookout. You know, when people start using certain terms or just acting, well, you know, my anxiety is just, yeah, we're all anxious. Don't accept that stuff. We all have anxiety. Speak for yourself. There's a lot of people that have the audacity to get on a pulpit and speak words of death. Like, who sent you? We all have anxieties in this life. Speak for yourself. You and your tight-jeaned, you're wearing your wife's pants. That's probably why you have anxiety. Anyways. Be always on the watch and pray. Watch out for that stuff. And, and it, right now in this day and age, it's like that's people, uh, the media, everything is projecting it like this is normal. This is just how you're going to live, you know. It's, you know, I, yeah, I had anxiety about my oat milk yesterday because I, I just didn't like how people, I'm telling you. It's foolish, but you, you say foolishness long enough, you start to believe it and it becomes your reality. So watch out for that stuff. You know, people say, well, I don't, this is one of the, I feel like I, this is eye chart, but this is one of the things that always irritated me about social media. And I love social media. I love working on it. I work on it. I do. Um, everything I do, I'm always literally on social media. It's my job. It's what I like to do and all that goodness. But I'll see people be get pissed when they're like, oh, why do people never share the sad moments and this or anxious moments? And people will have the audacity to post photos of them crying or like naked in a bathtub somewhere in their underwear. This is a real me. I don't want to see that. That's not normal, you guys. Like that's so, that's sick for you to post stuff like that. And your mascara is running down your eyes. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, walk a mile in my Instagram feed. It is everywhere people be like this is a real me and it's like nobody asked to see that and then they'll get mad at other influencers or other people on instagram for only showing the good parts of their life or the joyous moments of their life it's like this is just an app to post pretty photos it's not deep and the fact that you took it deep means you have an underlying problem that you should probably work out and it's not on anybody else okay it's not but people will be like, oh, I'm here to show the real me, anxiety. It's like, watch out for that stuff because people are going to start making it seem like that has to be what you post. That has to be what you showcase. You have to showcase your moments and your this. How about you showcase your moments with the Lord? 
Ain't nobody want to see that. Are you kidding me? Nobody even gets encouraged when people do that. They're just like, wow, somebody else is like me. But there's no solution. They just, they just cope with the larger group. Uh, irritates me. Irritates me. Watch out for that stuff and pray. Pray what? That you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. If Jesus said this, that makes that I know that that anxiety is not just for everybody. You can escape this thing. You can get out of anxiety today. Why? Did you think it was a process? Did you think it, it could be instantaneous? Well, that depends on your measure of faith and how much you're willing to how much you're sick of this stuff. It can happen today. There's nothing different in the 24 hours that's going to 24 hours for two weeks from now and the 24 hours that you have today. There's nothing different. And of course, for some people, things are a process because it's a discipline they have to learn. They have to learn how to they have to adjust their behavior, their mindset and renew and all of that goodness. And for other people, it's like instantaneous. Rejoice in whatever it is. Don't lose faith and keep going for the mark of freedom. Pray, You're, pray that you'll be able to escape that stuff. And that you'll be able to stand before the son of man. That makes me wonder, stand before the son of man. What did Jesus mean by that? That you'll be able to stand before him. Will you, how would you feel if you stood before God with, with carous, with, after you caroused, lived a life of carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life? You see how people, well, I don't think, I don't think you wouldn't be able to stand before God if you have anxiety. Well, do you see how normal that thing has become to the fact that you, you, you think that that's, that that's like not a thing that would like, do you see what I'm, am I explaining well? Am I speaking well? Well, I don't think it would be a problem. You, you've gotten so used to this anxiety thing that you can't even see how that is a problem. Always on the watch and be and pray that you may be able to escape all that. So you can stand before the Son of Man. You I wouldn't be able to stand confidently and boldly before God, living a life of carousing and drunkenness and anxieties of life. And I know the third one sounds like a normal thing, but that's because society has conditioned us to the point where we just believe that it's just like a normal Wednesday, a normal Monday. Oh, anxiety. But it's not right. and It's not normal. It might be common, but it's not normal. It's not right. That's not how we were meant to function. That's not how we were meant to function. You know, people, you know, I've heard people say, well, anxiety is, well, you kind of need it. It's human survival. It's how you know. Let me tell you, there are counterfeits for things that we are supposed to, that are supposed to work for us and for our advantage. Anxiety is not the same as instinct or the same as considering matters or thinking over things and really like fully processing something. That's not the same. Anxiety is not even a, a good thing. It, it is, I don't ever see it producing. People say, oh, you, because of my anxiety, I, I've, I always am prepared for everything. It's like you're so down this hole of anxiety that you've begun to identify things that aren't even anxiety for things that like you, you call it like it is. Oh, because I'm, you know, prepared and I, I'm type or for example, type A and I really take the time to consider things and I, I think of every single possibility and what I could do to make sure that doesn't happen. That's not anxious, but your anxiety has taken so much room in your life. It just starts to look like and feel like anxiety. It, it's anxiety is a counterfeit for the things that are supposed to work for us. You know, people that overthink, think, people that I won't say overthink, people that think 
really hard on matters like me when I pack and I go and I travel you know I think okay if I'm in this situation ooh, I would really like if I had that because I don't want to do this I don't want to be in this situation where I don't see I can calmly do that and do that with peace you can't do that with anxiety you can't think about every situation and the outcomes and what you could do to avoid that when you have anxiety you can't do that in peace there's a difference I can I can think about things in the future with peace and with the Holy Spirit. You see, anxiety is a counterfeit for that stuff to make it seem like it's the same thing. No. I can stand before the God. I can stand before the Son of Man with my mind, with the way that I am, with all of my ways that I, you know, I process information and I, I really take the time to consider things and I, I, I work through my day. I'm like, okay, like if I do this and I'll do this, if I do this and I won't be able to do that. And I hate not feeling like that. So I'm just going to go ahead and take responsibility. I can stand before the God, before the, excuse me, before the son of man like that. I wouldn't feel comfortable standing before God with anxiety because before Jesus with anxiety, it makes it really hard to focus on him. It makes it really hard to turn off my mind and just worship him. I remember when I was in middle school, and that was anxiety was like one of the most major battles I ever fought being in worship and like half of the battle in worship is just turning my mind off dealing with anxiety. Yeah. Half that was like half of the battle. And then when I did, Oh my gosh, I, I literally remember thinking it's clear as day. I, I, I remember, I, I remember it like I'm there right now being like, this is better than that stuff. I like this better. I like being able to get lost in the Lord and worship on the Lord and my mind just be trained on him. I like it when my mind is spent, my thoughts are spent on him, worshiping him and not whatever stupid thing. And that's where I would get my freedom. That's where I would get my, 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 my chutzpah or my drive or my whatever to, to break out of this thing. Because I realized I liked, I liked not having those anxious thoughts and it was nice and after that i would get annoyed at anxiety i'd be like i'm sick i'm done thinking about overthinking about this worrying about this i'm done i don't even care anymore i would get that but it didn't develop out of having and dealing with anxiety no it didn't develop out of that it developed when i my mind started spending its time on something valuable something worthwhile and realizing that that was something I preferred doing that that I could do that my mind could achieve that level or get to that point where it's not going crazy you know what that's where I got that attitude where I was like I don't like I don't have to deal with this are you kidding me there's a way out of this thing there's a lifestyle there's a mindset that I can achieve that I can live in that well, anxiety doesn't even belong in I better let anxiety feel left out my, I'm going to live a life such a way that anxiety will feel left out of my life. Yeah, that's where it got. That's where it was birthed. That mindset, that attitude, that stance, that thought process, that Holy Spirit driving. Hallelujah and praise God thought process. Yeah. It was in worship. And that's not bad advice to give to you. Worship God. Give your mind a break. It's tired too. It's tired of you. <laughs> it's tired of the it's tired of the spirit of anxiety. It is tired. It's getting tormented. Worship on the Lord. I mean, get your mind, body, soul, spirit all up in him. All up in Jesus. 
Get it in there. Pray. Pray. You can't, you can't pray effectively and have an anxiety attack. It won't be because then it's, you know, you're not even praying. You're just having an anxiety attack. You can't pray effectively and be in that. You pray, you'll be able to escape everything. I'm telling you. People don't speak in tongues while having anxiety attacks. There's a reason why. It's not that domain. <laughs> that is not its domain. Pray. Anyways, that was pretty much short. But I really wanted to encourage you to know that the word of God is your... It, it, it's, 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 it has qualities of salvation. It can save your life and it will. There's people that say like, all my life I've never, you know, I've never heard a good word. I've never heard a compliment. No one's ever told me they love me. But that one person that told me they love me, I heard it one time. And that, or that one encouraging word, the first time I ever heard any encouraging word, that kept me going. The Bible is that. When your thoughts and your mind is spent on just the, just the tormenting ways that it can just wear you out. And the Bible, it'll be... The Bible will be the only thing that your mind will consider that'll, that's like peaceful and good and worth thinking about. That's why the Bible tells us to meditate and think on him. Put him in remembrance and put yourself to remembrance and, and dwell. And There's so many words for how you can worship God and be in his presence. There's so many ways, there's so many words. You can meditate, you can soak. That's, you know, that's a Christian, Christianese term. You know, I guess it's not all that bad. You can soak, you can dwell. You can be, you can come, enter in. Hallelujah, you can praise, you can dance, and you can be with him and meditate. There's so many ways, there's so many ways to be in the presence of God. Explore all of those ways and take your time with God. Give anxiety a break, take your time with God, and once you do, you're going to find solutions. I, I promise you, there's nothing that can be and stand before God that is not of him and will still remain. The devil couldn't do it and nothing from him can because you're a temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That thing should not be able to remain at all. It is not, your body is not home to that foul, foul thing. It's not. Not your problem. Not for a child of God, nope. And you're gonna be able to stand before the Son of Man, devoid from carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. It is possible. We serve the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. He does all sorts of good things. And you can delight in him. That's another way to be in the presence of God. And he'll delight in you. Make the Holy Spirit's home be pleasant. Nobody wants to come home to roaches and you know, spiders and bullet hole walls you want to come home to something nice something joyful something joyful make yourself laugh that's what i do i remember like i, I love people who have anxiety one of the easiest ways to like get them out of their rut is to make them laugh why do i why do i like making people laugh i'm no comedian but why do i why do i like being funny and making people laugh Because joy is, is, is the presence of God. It, it, that's, that's, that's where joy comes from. 
The Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures, not pressures, pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you, I heard somebody say you make someone laugh is like you give them a vacation from all their problems. That's why I like doing that. I had a, uh, a roommate for a second. A room is, is a loose term for this. But it was nevertheless, I was in a space with this individual who dealt with anxiety. And this girl testified that she was free from anxiety from the time that we spent together, rooming together. And, you know, I, I'm not giving myself glory or, or anything like that. But I, I understood my assignment. And that, that seems so formal. But I knew what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do in, being, in my time being spent with her. And we, we stayed together like... A lot, you know, almost every rooming situation we, not almost, every single rooming situation we were together. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, there is one. Anyways, and I spent my time just being a beacon of joy, beacon of light, just making her laugh, just, you know, being, pouring into her, speaking life, building her up, encouraging her. And I, I know why the Holy Spirit did that for me. And later on, it, it was a delight to hear that for the first time in her life, she, she, she experienced breakthrough and anxiety from anxiety. Are you kidding me? God is so good. And that stuff, it doesn't, you know, you watch a comedy special. Get before the Lord and watch something funny. You're feeling nervous? Watch something funny. Get yourself loose. That'll break. The, I'm telling you, if you make someone laugh who's having a hard day who 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 looks like they've been through hell and live on you know the north side of town <laughs> you make them laugh oh my gosh it's like you gained a friend the favor that you get from from people that that you genuinely make glad it's ridiculous and uh, you know it all comes from god so tap into god there is so much in him that you can receive and tap into. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all of you. Father God, thank you, God, for, you know, the people that this is for. The people that are, and I speak in faith, free from anxiety. Free from, from worry. Free from everything in Luke 21. The carousing and drunkenness and, and the anxieties of life. They're free. They don't refer to themselves as an anxious person. But Father, they'll be joy. They are joyful. They are excited. They are peaceful. They are hopeful. There's so many things to live for. So many things to be excited for, and they get to live out these moments with you, in joy. Hallelujah! Thank you, God, for all these listeners. I thank you, God, that that faith will build up inside of them, that joy, that that dependency on the Word would rise in them, where they just receive a hunger. To really search out what the word of God has for them. You know, it's, it's a matter of a king to, it's a matter of God to hide a treasure, but it's a matter of kings to search it out or something like that. <laughs> and I thank you, God, that you'll give them the desire to search out what is in the word of God that is directly for them, directly for them. Thank you, God, for every single listener. Bless them in their coming and their going. And I pray and I believe that tonight they will have the best sleep ever the most restful night ever just go to sleep laughing wake up laughing 
Wake up excited. Wake up joyful, you know, ready for something good. Claiming their favor before the day even starts. Claiming their favor by the time the day ends. Thank you, God, for all of these listeners in the name of Jesus. And, you know, if you're not a believer and and you hear me talking about all the promises, you are especially at that time when I said, well, things get better. God promises. He, he makes us happy. And you, that, that struck something in you. When you want to give your life to Jesus, say this with me. Father God, oh, well, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of everything I did before desiring to make you mine. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that, Father, you rose him up from the dead and the grave in three days. And I believe that he lives today. I receive Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come in my heart and live in my life. Strengthen me to see the goodness that I hear about you, the goodness of this word that I hear that you are in the name of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to get into a good church. And by a good church, I mean, you know, a church that actively sees the hand of God, a church that's doing something and actually is productive and not just sustaining, you know, their population, but is working in something. And it's good, a good church. A good church is a church that's alive and not dead. Get into a good church that agrees with the Bible, the full thing, the whole thing. And grow. Get under a pastor. You can't do it alone. You shouldn't. You weren't built to do it alone. You're part of a body now. You're a Christian. God is your father. Heaven is your home. And all that goodness. Hey, that's all for me today. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, the link is in the bio. Chrysolith. C-H-R-I-S-O-L-Y-T-H-E. Anyways, God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.